Hello, everybody. This is Aaron Saft on the MR Running Pains podcast, episode 81. Today, I wanted to talk to Patrick Regan, but unfortunately, he wasn't feeling well this week. So uh, we are going to record our episode and release that next week. Um, Got a lot of exciting topics to to cover with Pat. So I look forward to our conversation um, and hope he feels better. So this week, uh, we're going to talk about you, uh, the N of one, the experiment of one and you and how we can make you a better runner by recognizing what's best for you. Many times we are influenced um, by so much around us. It is amazing how much information is out there, how much is accessible to us um, and what we uh, we pull from different sources. It's not always the greatest thing. I mean, it's, it is great having information. It is great trying different things. That's for sure. Um, but are they working? Have you assessed that? And how do you know if it's working? You, you, hopefully you're seeing positive results. But if not, maybe it's time to try something else. So, you know, let's start with training. Um, training, there's, again, there's so many different ways that we can, we can train. Maybe you just go out and run and you enjoy it. And that's important. That's super important, but maybe you want more out of it. So you've looked up online or you've asked a community, what should I do? Well, you know, (laughs) somebody else may tell you what worked for them. That may not necessarily work for you. It may. And you can try it. You can experiment. That's great. But what we see out there isn't always the best solution. Um, I do not like cookie cutter plans. Um, If you go online and all of a sudden they're like, here's a hundred mile training plan. Those things can be the worst things on earth. I've seen some of those plans where it calls for, you know, so much, so much mileage. You look at it and you're like, how on earth is somebody supposed to do that and still line up healthy and ready to race? I would be dead. There's just, there's no sense to it. There's no science to it. It's not, it's not, it's just, (laughs) it's fluff. You know, it's just all this mileage, which it's just a lot of wasted training. You're going to make yourself fatigued and possibly injured. You may make it through and you may make it through the finish, but. You know, there's easier ways to go about it. So when you look at these cookie cutter programs, if they're not designed specifically for you, that's, you know, that's why I was doing plans that where we talked and made sure that it was more specific to you. Um, I stopped doing that just because I just didn't have time and energy to, to write individualized plans like that. They take a lot of time. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult in that regard. Um, and I enjoy coaching on an individual basis and staying in touch with my my runners. So I'm going to stick to what I like and what I can do to help others. And within my runners, I, you know, I, I can't say I train them the same way. If they're not responding to a stimulus, we have to change things. And that's the same for you. If you're training, things aren't going accordingly. You need to change things, change the stimulus, change what you're doing. Recognize if you're tired, if you're fatigued. If things are working, that's tremendous. You know, 
your body usually works for um, about four to six weeks working. And we've talked about this in other episodes about four to six weeks with a stimulus before it needs some change and to work something else because that, that system gets maxed out. We we've kind of worked it for, and you know, it's extended period and it needs a new stimulus in order for you to stay fresh and to stay um, improving um, and not get too fatigued. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's what we have to learn is what is our body craving? What do we feel weak in? How can we improve on those weaknesses? And that's where you can look and find some workouts to help fine tune things. If you feel like you're not strong on the hills, work on your hills, find some workouts, you know, trail runner magazine, ultra running magazine. Um, you know, they, there's outdoor magazine. They all have great, um, newsletters that come out, you know, here's some good workouts you can do. Those are great places to take things from. Um, Mario Frioli, his morning shakeout newsletter. He always has a workout of the week. So many places, so many resources. Strava, Strava has workouts you can pull from. They have blogs. You know, there's so many cool resources out there where you can pull workouts from to work on your specific weaknesses. So, you know, look around, find things that you feel are accomplishable. You know, there may be workouts that are just too far above your head. Make sure you're picking workouts that are for your ability level and for what you're trying to accomplish. What is the purpose of the workout? Is it set to improve what you're looking to improve? You have to coordinate those things to make sure that you're going to get the benefit from the workout that you want, that your body needs, so that you can keep training and improving. So be conscious of that. You know, Don't just throw a workout in there because, oh, I saw this workout the other day. Well, do you need that workout? Is that does that make sense for where you're at and what you're trying to accomplish? So, you know, keep that in mind. Not all workouts are created equally or for what the intent that you need, the purpose you need it to serve. So look at those. Find your intent and and match your needs. Okay? Um and you know, the other thing is just because it's out there doesn't necessarily mean it's, you know, it's um, it's right or it's right for you. Um, you know, I, I read articles sometimes and there's, there's no, <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason. It's just, you know, this person speculating and, uh, you know, so make sure the source is good. Okay. Make sure the person has experience, um, and knows what they're talking about. You know, what are their credentials? Who do they work with? You know, some of these workouts are are written for elites. Not all of us are elites and not all of us need to be doing what elites do. Now you can take that and you can, you know, take the workout and, and make it, you know, easier, make it more manageable for you. Keep that in mind too. So if you see a workout and it is at a, you know, an elite level, see if you can tone it down or reach out to the author of the article. The, you know, the creator of the workout and say, Hey, you know, this is what type of runner I am. You know, if you were to write this workout for somebody else like myself, you know, what changes would you make? Cause a lot of times we see these workouts and <laughs> we're like, Oh my gosh, that's, you know, that's incredible. I can't believe they do that. I'm going to try that. Not necessarily the best thing, right? Cause it doesn't match 
who you are, what your ability level is. And in the end, it, it may make you more tired than, you know, than fitter. And the goal is to get fitter. So be careful with those. Okay. And the next thing I would probably say is diet. We have so many different diets out there and we see this and it has this benefit. And we hear from this athlete who's doing amazing things with this diet. I'm not here to trash any diet. You know, my, myself, I've been, because of health reasons, I've had to create more of a vegetarian diet. Uh, believe me, it's not what personally I want. I would love to just have meat in moderation and perhaps I can at some point, but because of health issues that I have, I have to have a more vegetarian diet, which is hard. <laughs> it is hard for me. Um, so, you know, it's great to want to improve and to be healthy and to get the maximum benefit from your diet. But I caution you here again, what is your source? Who is giving you this information? Who is telling you it's right for you? You know, a consultation with a dietitian, a registered dietitian is tremendous. Like that, that can resolve a lot of things and help you go to the right path. And they can tell you, is this going to be right for you? Or if not, like, what should you be doing to make it right for you? You can start with your primary care physician. Start with your family doctor. You know, tell them what you're experiencing, what you're thinking of, what you heard about certain things. They're supposed to stay up to speed with all of these new changes in diets, um, you know, in the way we uh, the way we eat. You know, that's the other thing. We hear about all of these different, you know, should we be doing um, intermittent fasting? Should we be doing uh, delayed uh, eating? Um, it's, you know, there's all different ways <laughs> to, you know, that we're, we're trying to uh, take in our calories in different timetables. Should we be doing that at all? You know, that's, that's a great question for professionals. It's not great to just take things away all of a sudden from your body that when it's used to it and needs it. So be careful with that, you know, consult professionals before you consider doing those things. You know, is your, is your body ready for that? Is it right for that? Do you need that? Are you getting everything you need? Those are all questions that you really should consider because, you know, it can affect your health in the wrong way. It can affect it in a negative way. So seek professionals, ask questions of the professionals. Again, start with your primary care physician. And if they say, yeah, that, that could work for you, you know, and, but you know, we may need to watch it together. Then, you know, take them up on that, you know, create a few, a food log, a food diary, or again, reach out to a, a dietitian to help you along your path to make sure you're getting all of the, the nutrients that you need. Are you getting all the macronutrients that you need? Are you having that complete diet? Are you getting in the protein, calories, fat, all of those good things that your body needs? Is that, are you really um, getting enough in you to sustain what you're trying to do in training, right? Training takes up so many calories. We burn so many calories from training. So if we don't have enough in our bodies, our performance is going to decline. We're going to feel fatigued, lethargic because we don't have enough energy source 
to rely on to run. So make sure in whatever you choose to do that you choose to do so with guidance, because that's not, you know, that's, that's not what I know, <laughs> you know, in, in coaching, when people start asking me about that kind of thing, I, re- I refer them to um, the registered dietitian that you've heard on this podcast, Jake, he's tremendous. <clears throat> and if you need to talk to someone good and you want to talk to Jake, let me know. I'll help you reach out to him. He's a tremendous resource. He'll answer lots of questions. He's fantastic, even if it's just a consultation. So you you make sure that you're on the right path. But, you know, that's really, it's scary to think that, you know, we could potentially lead ourselves down the wrong path just because we heard something that it was working for someone. You know, I, I'm as influential as many people. I will be honest. And here's, you know, proof of it. When I heard the book, um, Natural Born Heroes, uh, Christopher McDougall's second book, author of Born to Run, his second book, Natural Born Heroes. The book talks about the the medita- Mediterranean diet and uh, and being more fat adapted, if you will, which you know we hear a lot about this, you know, especially as endurance athletes, of how fat could benefit us and how we have so much more fat than we do glycogen in our bodies. So, you know, I said, well, that makes a lot of sense. Like why, you know, why wouldn't I do that? Well, you know, I, I, I went down that road. I, you know, I, I, but I went down that road without professional help and you know, it thankfully didn't end in disaster, but I stopped before it did. I, I stopped before I lost too much weight. Um, I wasn't getting the calories and, you know, things I needed to sustain myself and my body. It's not right for everybody. It is not. It's just not right for everybody. Um, you know, and it it can be. It can work. We we see, you know, these um, you know, these a lot of these professionals, like well, not a lot, but we see professionals that it is working for, which is amazing. It takes a lot to do. That's the other part of it. But again, you know, without seeking that professional help, I was leading myself down a dangerous path. The same thing happened when I read Scott Jurek's book, you know, as another example, um, when I read Scott Jurek's book, um, about his life as a, um, a vegan, um, I didn't take the vegan route, but I tried to go down the vegetarian route without help. And again, I wasn't getting my macros. I wasn't getting enough protein. I was eating way too many carbohydrates. Um, and you know, I just, I struggled. I, I wasn't recovering. Um, I was feeling really awful in my workouts. I gained weight because I was eating again too many carbohydrates, which happens in you know in a vegetarian or vegan diet. Um, it's hard enough to to sustain and get you know the calories you need through that diet. Which again, I, here I am, but I this time as going in the vegetarian route, I took the route of seeking Jake. Jake came into my life after reading that Scott Jurek book. And after I had tried my first round of, of vegetarianism, um, but going back to my doctor, um, you know, the last two visits I've had with my doctor for two different reasons, he said, you know, a vegetarian diet, you know, because of my health problems would be a better solution for you. And so I, you know, I, I reached out to Jake and I said, okay, you know, I've been told this is the route I should take. Can you help me? you know, so that I'm making sure 
that I'm doing the right thing, that I'm going down the right road, that I'm eating the right things, that I'm going to sustain the energy levels I need to, uh, to carry out the workload that I put on myself, not only in my daily routine, but in my training. And Jake has been helping me. I'm awful about doing a food diary. (laughs) I'll be honest. I, I am really bad at it, but I know that I need to write it so that Jake knows what I'm doing, um, what I'm getting into me, you know, and, and I'm making sure that I'm getting enough on a daily basis. And he makes suggestions based on what I send him saying like, you could use more protein at breakfast. You know, you could use less carbs during lunch and here's how you can do that. Here's what you should do instead of eating all those carbs at lunch. So, you know, having that professional help, um, you know, it has really changed me in my life. Um, I, you know, I, I did a workout today, for instance, um, recording this on August 31st. If you look on Strava, um, I did eight by 800 meters or eight by half mile. We've been having the storms here. So I did it on the treadmill. Um, I was told, uh, Patrick Regan being my coach, he said, I want you to do this at marathon effort. Okay. So I put on my heart rate strap. Got on my treadmill, did my warm up, did my strides. I set the the treadmill pace to 640 pace. I said, you know, from where I'm at, just coming off a of hard rock, I was like, well, let's see what 640 pace feels like. I didn't get my heart rate above 138, 138 BPM. So my max heart rate, I'm about to be 44 years old next month. My max heart rate is 176. So 138 would put me in about zone three. I was running 640 pace in zone three. I'm doing much better. That's my point here. You know, I'm doing much better with my diet, with my health, because I'm I'm taking care of myself. And, you know, that's, <laughs> it all comes. I mean, it's, it's all part of training. You know, that doesn't just come from training. It comes from the complete package. You know, are you keeping your stress low? Are you sleeping? Are you eating right? Are you hydrating? All of those things are key components here. So when you look at your diet, take it seriously. If, if you are looking at doing something different, do it with professional help. That's my message here. Thanks to my primary care physician, my family doctor, Dr. Judkins. He's been on here before. And thanks to Jake, I'm, I'm heading down the right path this time. I got some weight to lose. I'm, I'm being honest here. I picked up some weight on, on over covid about 14 pounds heavier than I was pre-COVID. So I'm trying to get back down. That came because I was eating too much sugar and too many carbs once again. And here I am <laughs> back at that point where I just started you know, a few weeks ago, well, I guess over a month ago now, going back to the vegetarianism and things are starting to work back. I'm starting to regress my weight. It's coming down. I'm starting to feel better in my workouts, obviously. But I did that because... I want to be the best person I can be. I want to be the healthiest person I can be. I want to be around here as long as I can for my kids and for my family and for my wife. So do the right thing and ask the right people for help. Same thing goes for race nutrition. Um, Race nutrition, you know, we see so much out there. There are so many products out on the market and so many professionals use this and that and you know this is how they they race and it, you know it can go back to diet sure you know we look at what diet says and we try to match what our diet's doing um you know and i loved what um meredith terranova 
that's Paul Terranova's wife, uh, for those familiar with Paul. Uh, they're both amazing runners in their own right. But Meredith always says, you know, do your diet, but whatever works for your race nutrition, whatever that is, you, that's separate, right? You know, that you need to fuel the way your body needs, what it needs. So if fueling with, you know, some more sugars is what the body is requiring, fuel with more sugars. That shouldn't count against what you're trying to do in life because you're fueling your body to what it needs. Now, of course, we want to use, you know, whatever whole foods and, and, and healthy foods we can. But if the body is needing sugars, if you're racing a 10K, or well, I won't say a 10K because you won't need as much nutrition. But if you're racing a marathon and you're racing fast, faster than, you know, what your body can process in glycogen, you're going to need sugar. Okay. Same thing goes if you're running a hard 50K. There's going to be a need for sugar in there. Your body needs sugar. So, you know, it's, it, but that's not my point here. My point is learn what it is that your body does need. What does it fuel best off of? Does it fuel best off of fructose, glucose, um, maltodextrose? You know, what, what is it fueling best off of? You know, does it fuel best off of fat? If not, then, you know, don't use it. Use whatever works for you. When you look at these guys that are, you know, typically a ketogenic diet, they're still fueling with sugar. There's, you know, I mean, Jeff Browning is a huge advocate for, uh, for ketosis, for fat burning, but he is a goo athlete. He drinks Roctane. He eats, you know, goo gels. He drink, he has other as well that help with, you know, fat, fat burning and such, but you know, those are his other fuel sources. Zach Bitter, he uses glucose as well. Uh, you know, again, he has his fat, but he also needs glucose. We all do. So don't be afraid to give your body what it needs. Fuel it with what it needs, especially in training. You got to train your gut. So if you're training and you're figuring out what works, you train that. Jason Coop just had two amazing episodes on GI distress, and they talk about on his Coopcast. Listen to those episodes. They're tremendous. I'm going to make a note right here. I'm going to put those in the show notes. There we go. Um, it's tremendous, tremendous episodes because he talks about, you know, uh, with with these great researchers, what's going on? What are, what are you training? How are you training your gut? You know, what's uh, what are you doing um, in practice to make sure that you don't have GI distress in a race? And if you do have GI distress, what should you do? So, you know, we got to train our gut. We got to, you know, and that's what you have to figure out what works for you. So you, you may see ads and you may want to try it. So do try it. If it works, that's, that's wonderful. If it doesn't keep moving on, try other things, you know, like it's, it's, it's hard. You know, we buy something, uh, we give it, you know, a few good tries and it's just not working, but we bought it. So we want to keep using it until it's done. I think it's time to move on. You know, like see if somebody else wants to try it, give it to somebody else, pass it along. If you don't want to throw it away, see if, if it works for somebody else, you know, but keep working, keep finding those solutions. The other thing, uh, one, you know, another thing I'd like to talk about is shoes, shoes. Um, man, it, you know, there are so many shoes on the market. 
and there are show, so many shoe reviewers. And we hear about, you know, this shoe is great, this shoe, eh. But remember that they are different from you, just like everything I've been talking about here. Shoes are one of the most essential things for us in running because we should be comfortable in them. But remember that everybody reviewing that shoe may not have the same, well, (laughs) may not, they do not have the same foot as you. Their foot can be a different shape, a different volume, a different width. So, you know, you need to make sure that the person reviewing the shoe has a similar foot to what you have. That's the most important thing. Do they have the same type of arch you have? Do they have the same type of width of the foot that you have? Do they have the same volume of foot? And by volume of foot, it's how high is your foot? How much room does it take in the shoe from the bottom of the shoe to the top of the shoe? You know, does it, you know, do they have a narrow heel? Do you have a narrow heel? Because it's going to fit them and function for them differently. How much do they weigh? That's, you know, that's (laughs) if a man's reviewing a shoe and he weighs 180 pounds and you're a woman, a woman reading this or watching this review and you're 120 pounds, that's quite different. And, you know, especially, you know, not just the weight, but the gender. So, you know, try to match to the closest you can to who you are to the reviewer. Otherwise, you're not really getting a review for what you're looking for. That shoe may fit you and function for you perfectly fine and do perfectly well. So be careful on the shoe reviews. The other thing is go in and try them. Go to a run shop. We, we've become so reliant on the internet to get us these things, you know, sometimes, and I know that's, you know, sometimes you don't have access to go try them on, but if you're someplace new and there's a run shop that you can go try on some shoes that you've been dying to try on for a a while, go, go try those on, see what they feel like, see what feels best. You may find a totally different shoe that, you know, the reviewers have said, uh, you know, I, I didn't like it for, for this reason but it, it may work perfectly fine for you. So don't be afraid to try on shoes that others have said didn't work for them because it may work for you. And the ads, you know, the, the ad campaigns these days, they're, they're amazing. You know, like you see these amazing um, uh, you know, runners, like we get caught up, especially with, um, you know, what's the result of the shoe? Uh, you know, is it, is it a super shoe, <laughs> you know, not just because it it's, it's made with the, the super foam may not be a tremendous shoe for you for the trail. Like I, you know, and it may be, who knows, but don't get caught up in the hype. You know, it, is it going to function the way you want it to? That's the main thing. And, you know, I mean, reality is in a trail race, you know, that's, that should be the last thing on your mind is, is it going to make you faster? It's should, is it going to keep you safe? Does it have the traction you want? Does it move on the trail like you want it to? Because you don't want to be in a shoe that's uncomfortable and not providing what the shoe should provide on the roads. That's a different story on the roads. You know, obviously it's a, a safer surface. You know, if you want that speed, just make sure it fits and functions for you. I tried the, the what I think it was the version two of the 4% and the shoe just wasn't for me. It, it was too stiff, too rigid. My IT bands got really annoyed because my foot couldn't pronate to the, 
the neutral position that, well, uh, you know, to whatever position it needed to get to. So I just kind of locked up. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, do the, the, uh, cost benefit <laughs> analysis. You know, does it, does it have the benefit you want? And is it worth that benefit? It wasn't for me. I, I didn't, <laughs> didn't enjoy being uh, in pain because the shoe was too, too rigid for me, but Obviously, it works for a tremendous amount of other people. And again, this is end of one experiment of you. You know, is it going to work for you? That's the main thing. Is it comfortable for you? Don't worry about what the reviewers are saying. You may walk into a store and say, I've heard such bad reviews about this shoe. And they say, well, you know, five out of seven of us love this shoe. Here, try it on. And you may try it on. You may become six of eight. (laughs) You may love that you, so don't be afraid of it. And the other thing, the last thing that uh, I'll touch on for this end of one is races, doing races. Um, and I, I've kind of touched on this on other podcasts. We sometimes get caught up in what our peers, friends, um, you know, others are racing and and want to do the same races but they may not mean the same thing to us and when we talk about you know the reason why why are you doing this race well that really filters down to our daily training like you know if you are training for something that you're really not excited about there's going to be days where it's going to be even harder to get yourself out there cuz you're like why do I care? Like, I'm, you know, I'm going to this race. I really don't care about. So make sure the race means something to you. Make sure that you're excited by the race. You know, it's, I mean, we get caught up in, in, in trying to, uh, um, to get into some of these races and we may not even know if the race is great or not. It's just, you know, I mean, I can think of a number of races in my head, where, you know, I went for this reason or that to qualify for another race or, you know, because, you know, they said this is such a, a great race. I went and their, you know, their definition of a great race may have been that they loved the atmosphere, that being the aid stations or the finish line, you know, celebrating with, with that community my definition of a good race is a great course, a great experience of, you know, the course itself, the journey on the trail and what's surrounding me on the trail, the views, you know, that may be my definition. And, you know, their definition was completely different. And I went there and ran and I didn't enjoy the course. So I didn't enjoy the race. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the aid stations may have been great and post-race celebration, but that's, again, that wasn't why I wanted to go to the race. I wanted to enjoy a course. So make sure that when you look into a race, it's meeting your definition of a good race. Think about what you want out of the race. You know, is it going to provide the experience that you want? You know, the, the, the course itself. So uh, it may be that you want more challenge out of a course. Is the, you know, is the course going to provide the challenge you want in the way you want? you know, there's different challenges out there. You know, the races in Florida right now, 
are a challenge in their own regard in the heat, just like Death Valley doing bad water. The heat is a challenge. That course has a number of challenges. Is that the challenges you want to face? Is that the kind of runner you are? I'm not. I'm not a heat runner. <laughs> I, you know, I would suffer greatly at Badwater. I recognize that. You know, same thing at Barkley. Like that's not my wheelhouse. You know, whatever you say, you run ultras. People say, oh, you know that documentary? I've seen that documentary. And, and when you say Barkley, you're like, yeah, that's it. Are you doing that one? I'm sure you've come across that. That's not my wheelhouse. I know that. Like I have no interest in that event. Like, I mean, you know, if, if somebody were doing it and asked me to crew for them, sure. But that's not something I want to do. That's not the, you know, the wheelhouse that, that I feel comfortable with. So know what your, what your wheelhouse is. Know what your race type is. Know what you enjoy and make sure that race meets that criteria. You'll enjoy the race so much more if you do. So, you know. In your end of one, try not to be as influenced by by social media, which is tough. <laughs> we have so many social media influencers out there. You know, it's it's really this the sport has totally changed, and that's something that that Patrick and I are going to talk about in a, in our podcast interview. Um, you know, Patrick is uh, a professional runner. He um, he has numerous sponsors, and um, you know, I come from a bygone era of sponsored runners where social media was not what it is now. Uh, we didn't have the requirements as a sponsored athlete to, you know, be a, a marketing tool, if you will. Um, I, I mean, no negative light of that. You know, that's, you know, what they have signed on to. Um, when I signed my contract, that was not in there because we didn't have social media, but now they do. And that has affected our sport greatly. They are, they are marketers for these brands and the ambassadors that these, um, these companies are picking up they are the same thing. You have to make posts. You are marketing for them. So, you know, be careful with your social media you know, be careful what the brands are asking of you if you are. But again, we're going to talk about this in uh, in Patrick's interview. But, you know, I, I just don't want people to be used. Make sure you're getting what you want out of that relationship. Okay. And don't feel that you have to be, you know, that brand all the time. Be you. Be what's what's acceptable to you, you know, be a part of brands that you feel a tie to a connection to that have the same type of ideals as you. I think that's super important. A lot of times we're just so happy that they accepted us into this community, into this brand. We can say we're running for this brand, but do you know what the background on that brand is? Are they a company that has your same ideals? That's, that's something worth talking about with your brand. We talked about ads, you know, just watch, you know, watch how influenced you are. <laughs> a lot of times, you know, we see things and you're like, Oh my gosh, I have to have that. And then you think about why do I have to have that? Do I already have something like that? That, you know, do I just want it? Cause it's new and shiny. <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty of that. 
of, of wanting new shiny things, <laughs> new toys, if you will. But, and then be careful of what you read. You know, um, be careful what you listen to. This podcast, I'm, I'm giving you ideas. I'm just trying to make you um, think about things. You know, think of them in a different light. That's all. Just trying to make people think. Make sure that you're doing what's best for you. Reading articles, being skeptical. You know, there's just because it's written doesn't mean it's correct. You know, ask questions. Don't just take it for what it is. Make sure that you see either scientific backing or, you know, a rebuttal. Look for an, an article or a research that says the opposite. It's out there. Everybody has that. <laughs> there is an opposite view to whatever you are reading or listening to. And so make sure that you're getting the right information. You're seeking the professional help and asking questions. Everybody, you know, should be looking for improvements in their running. So make sure the things that you're doing lead you down that path to improvement. I certainly appreciate you guys listening. And again, this is about you. You know, I, I say things that are working for me or things that I'm doing that may not be what's right for you. Again, this is the experiment of you do what's going to work best for you. Okay. And if it's not working, make the change. If you're working with a coach and things aren't working, ask for change. If you're working with a nutritionist, and things aren't going right. Say, hey, listen, I'm not not reaching my goal. What's going on? Like, can we do a deeper dive? If you're having a problem that's been unresolved, if you're having an injury or a niggle that really has been bugging you, seek the professional help. Go see a doctor. Go see a physical therapist. You know, find the right help. I know we love to ask our community on our social medias, I've got this problem. That's <laughs> that's the wrong avenue. You're going to hear a million different things from a million different people that worked a million different ways for that individual. It's not you. You may have a totally different problem. Go seek out the professional help and get it resolved. Just want everybody to really take a moment to realize that you are an individual. You are completely different from everybody else. And you are worth seeking the right answers and finding the right solutions so that you can be the best you. Again, thank you for, for letting me go through this. Um, I welcome questions, comments, concerns, rebuttals. You know, like I said, I don't have all the answers, but I like to refer to others that may. So think about you and what's going to do best for you. So next week, again, we'll have Patrick Regan on. I can't wait for that conversation. 
Um, the newsletter, my monthly newsletter, September is here. So I'll be working on that within the next week and having that out. So if you haven't subscribed to the newsletter, please go on to my, my website, mrrunningpains.com. That's in the show notes and subscribe. All old podcasts and newsletters are on the connect with me page on my website. So you can see old newsletters and listen to old podcasts there. Um, and um, we have a volunteering, um, op, uh, <laughs> a volunteering, um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> sorry. Uh, we have the, you have the capability to volunteer here pretty soon. Um, I am going to volunteer at the um, Georgia Jewel. Uh, initially I was going to race the cradle to grave, but unfortunately due to all the weather that we've had here in Western North Carolina, they canceled the race. So, um, I am going to help out at cruel jewel. I'm going to run an aid station. So I'm going to be the aid station captain. I've made a call to volunteers. So this opportunity to volunteer is, um, completely available. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have multiple shifts. So if you can volunteer, uh, at the, uh, Georgia jewel, that is September 17th and 18th in Dalton, Georgia. That would be tremendous. Um, just looking for volunteers to help out at the aid stations. No prior experience necessary. Um, I am completely happy to you know, assign roles and make sure you know what you're doing. Uh, we're there just to help the runners and have fun. So um, if you can volunteer, please reach out to me. Uh, you can connect with me on my website. Uh, through the social media channels, Strava, whatever it may be, all of those options are on uh, my website and in the show notes. So please uh, connect with me if you can volunteer September 17th and 18th for the Georgia Jewel 100 miler. Um, they uh, are so gracious, Jenny and Franklin, that you know since I am going to run one of their aid stations, they are going to come to Hellbender and run an aid station for us. So it's a great trade. Um, great relationship. I'm very excited for that opportunity. So I want to thank the bakers for, for doing all they do. Jenny is amazing and does amazing things for, um, women's running and quality in our sport. If you haven't learned more about what that, um, what they do, the bakers check out the, the Georgia jewel. Uh, I think <laughs> they do just tremendous things for, for the community, for the, for the race, for, you know, again, for uh, gender equality and for equality within our sport. So I'm um, going to put their stuff in the, uh, the show notes, but I hope, you know, some folks can come out and lend a hand, uh, be fun to meet some folks that I haven't met before, especially. Uh, but as always, I want to thank you guys for listening, uh, for being a part of this podcast. Um, please share, subscribe, uh, you know, like this podcast on your listening platform. That's all great things. As always, to my uh, Patreon supporters, thank you for for being a part of this. Um, and uh, you know, if you can help on Patreon, the link is in the show notes as well as on my website uh, for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me keep this going. I really appreciate um, those that have, and it's uh, it's <laughs> it goes a long way in keeping this up and running. Um, helps with, uh, you know, the, the platform that I host this on as well as record on and, uh, keeping my website up to speed and up to date. So thank you guys so much for all your help. 
As I said, I can't wait for my next episode, Patrick Regan. But until then, keep running, my friends. Stay healthy, have fun, and be you.